0: Buying a business is not as difficult as you think and there are too many myths out there that only millionaires can buy them. Anybody can buy an existing profitable business without prior experience and many times without using their own money. Arturo has started, bought and sold over 55 plus businesses across 18 industries. He has coached thousands of individuals, corporate employees, service employees, freelancers, real estate investors, retirees, homemakers, and many others in buying businesses and transforming their lives. And you can too. And to help get you started, here's your host, Arturo Henriquez.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this podcast. This is the first episode titled, Why Buy a Business? And it's going to be a pretty interesting episode, so I'm going to talk to you guys about my journey. I've been doing this for 25 years, Um, and we're also going to talk about reasons why you would want to buy a business as opposed to, you know, other alternative investments, including starting your own company. Um, And then I'm going to also highlight why buying a business actually creates real wealth as opposed to, You know, compensation or a salary or something to that effect. Uh, Buying a business can create generational wealth. And that's why I keep using the word real wealth as opposed to, you know, just an income or compensation. So, with that said, let's get started. Uh, A little bit about my journey. Um, I have been doing this for almost 30 years. I started companies before I bought companies. Um, and I started uh, when I was in my early 20s, you know, when you have very, very little experience and a voracious, you know, appetite to just conquer the world, which is kind of ironic because it's the worst time to be an entrepreneur because you don't know anything. You don't have experience. You don't have context. You've never dealt with clients. You've never dealt with suppliers. You've never dealt with the, um, you know, how to finance uh, projects you've never dealt with delivery fulfillment you've never dealt with employees training uh, among many many other things that are needed you know to be successful in just operating a business let alone a successful one so you don't have that experience so you don't even have the context um, in terms of all those aspects however you do have that voracious you know you know risk it all type of impetus and desire. Right. So it's very ironic because you have one of the main ingredients, which is that, you know, um, I can conquer anything attitude, um, which is very necessary to be a successful entrepreneur. You got to have a lot of confidence and be willing to risk. Yet you lack the experience. And so the probability of you being successful is very low. And that's how I started my entrepreneurial career. In fact, my first entrepreneurial venture was a tequila company in Mexico. I partnered with a good friend of mine and two of my cousins. We had a great idea, we had a great product. It was when NAFTA, meaning the United States, uh, Canada, and Mexico were opening up its uh, borders to trade. Um, And so Mexico really was exporting everything. And so we decided to create a tequila for the Mexican palate, meaning the Mexican people, right? and the name was very patriotic and we had great branding, great packaging and we had you know we, we all borrowed money from our moms and we launched the tequila and everyone loved the actual tequila and the branding and the packaging um and we started with a marketing campaign that's really where our money went um and we had distribution in place uh and Jose Cuervo um kind of uh destroyed us because they uh, they told the, the media companies, primarily the TV stations, where our commercials were going to air, uh, that they wanted those spaces, uh, they wanted those slots, those time slots, uh, where our ideal audience was, and they pushed us back to two, three, four in the morning, where of course everyone was asleep and no one would see us. And just that move by them destroyed our company, because we didn't have any capital, we couldn't make any sales, because nobody saw the marketing. Uh, we had a lot of inventory and that's how fast a startup company that had all the right elements in place got crushed by a competitor because really the partners and the owners, myself included, were too green. We didn't know what we didn't know. We didn't know that this that could happen. We didn't know how the competition was going to react. And in this case, it was the uh, the elephant in the room, which was Jose Cuervo. And I can talk about so many other companies that we started. We started an import-export company uh, to sell from Mexico to the Dominican Republic uh, canned goods. Uh, We also started an import company importing um, appliances from Colombia. We started a a venture financial venture firm. We were intermediaries to deal-making. And I, independent of my partners, I started buying uh, into nightclubs. Uh, really for the wrong reasons, because I wanted the best table, the VIP table, uh, to impress the ladies. Um, But I made some interesting investments, uh, one in Mexico City, another one in a city in Mexico called Guadalajara. Um, And we knocked it out of the park. We did amazing. And I partnered with the right people. There was a lot of luck involved in that, and I made a lot of money. Then I decided to get my MBA uh, and went back into the corporate world, actually went to work at Wall Street in Goldman Sachs and Lehman Brothers, uh, where we did do a lot of acquisitions, albeit very, very big acquisitions, where I took part in. Um, and then the dot com boom started and I jumped ship from uh, Wall Street and started another company and raised a lot of money through venture capital. And uh, upwards to $10 million. And that company did okay, uh, given the fact that the dot-com bubble burst. Um, and what I started seeing was there was a pattern here that these startups were very difficult. They were extremely difficult to predict with any certainty that there could be success. So, I mean, we could do a lot of research. We could try to understand the market, try to understand the product, try to understand the, the ideal client to understand the different uh, distribution channels, different suppliers, but there's so much risk involved in startups. And I had, you know, lived this at the beginning of my entrepreneur career. So there had to be a better way. And I went back and got two more master's degrees. And during this time, I started analyzing why not buy a business, an existing business, as opposed to starting one. And shortly thereafter, after graduating from these two master degrees, I started to buy businesses and I started to bypass the startup risk. So essentially, when you start a company, everything has to you have to create everything from scratch. Right. You have to have the right product. You have to price it correctly. You have to find the right clients. Right. If it's a retail store or a brick and mortar, you have to find the right location. Uh, you have to put processes and operations in place. You've got to understand your costs. You have to hire employees. You have to train the employees. You have to understand the legal climate and put that into place as well as any licensing requirements, depending on what business you are launching. You also have to understand your marketing and advertising. How are you going to reach your ideal client, assuming you already know who the ideal client is? And so many other aspects to making this business, this idea, turning your idea into a viable business that's going to not only make revenue, but is going to make you a profit. So I want you to think about this as, you know, a symphony, right? There's so many different instruments that play different notes for that beautiful music to work, right? It only takes one variable. For that beautiful music to turn into a disaster, which in the business world would be bankruptcy, right? Closing the doors. And so a startup is no different than a symphony. Everything has to be in sync. Everything has to be in tune. Everything has to be aligned. And if it's not aligned in tune at the same time, then that symphony is going to sound terrible and no one's going to want to hear it. No one's going to want to buy a ticket to a symphony that sounds terrible. And that is no different than a startup. And that's why the statistics don't lie. After five years, 90% of all new businesses fail. And after two years, I think it's 60%. After one year, it's 50%. After three years, it's 70%. And these statistics vary from year to year. But they've been fairly consistent for the past 40 years. Since this these statistics have been around, so starting a business I often say you know is harder than going to Las Vegas and gambling your money in other words, you have better odds at succeeding in gambling casinos than at succeeding at starting a business and that's why the biggest risk of of a business of becoming an entrepreneur is the startup risk so My question to myself was, how do we mitigate the startup risk? How do we mitigate all this? And I had had, as you know, already experience in starting businesses. And so the answer was, why don't I just buy a business? Somebody has taken that risk. Somebody has put all those variables in place. There's now clients. There's revenue. There's processes. There's trained employees. There's a brand name. There's advertising and marketing that works. There's already a legal structure. There's already suppliers. There's already distribution. There's already fulfillment of the product and service. So all of those pieces, you know, going back to the uh, symphony example, all of those instruments are already in place, you know, in a fine-tuned symphony playing beautiful music. And so bypassing the startup risk and mitigating that probability and 90% probability that my business was going to fail within the next 5 years was very appealing to me and that's how i started to buy businesses instead of starting businesses i was still an entrepreneur but now my thesis was entrepreneurship vis-a-vis acquisition and so i started buying businesses and i started buying first two businesses why i bought two as opposed to one i don't know but i did and i have since at the time of this recording, bought 55, over 55 businesses in over 18 different industries. And the best thing about this is that I have made generational wealth. So it's not about just making income to have a great life. I have made enough money where I don't need to work anymore. That's the allure of buying businesses done correctly. And during this podcast, we'll be talking a lot about those things in terms of how you can make real wealth, because it's really the multiplier effect, but I'm not going to get too much involved in that right now. And so a lot of people started asking me, Arturo, how do you, how do you do this? How do you buy these businesses? How do you manage multiple businesses at once? And so I decided to write a book about this and this book did very, very well. It's called buy yourself into entrepreneurship. And that actually generated more interest. And so we started a coaching program teaching people how to buy businesses without having prior experience and without necessarily having to use your own capital, using other people's money. Because something I did not mention was a lot of the businesses that I've bought, I've been bought without me putting a dime in, meaning without me using my own capital, without risking my own money. And we'll have an episode on how to structure the purchases of businesses in the future where you don't need to uh, put down any of your money. In other words, no money down deals. But I'll leave that for another episode. But essentially, if you want to be an entrepreneur, one of the biggest allures to buying businesses is that you bypass the startup risk of entrepreneurship, which a lot of people don't seem to understand. And they still take that risk simply because I think that their emotions and their hope and desire and dreams gets in the way of other alternatives, such as buying businesses that they may not know about. And I think the path to entrepreneurship is very, very sexy to a lot of people. A lot of people like to talk about it. They like to dream about it. And they are just trying to find the best way to do it because it is scary to quit your corporate job. It is scary to quit your small business job, your freelance profession, where you have You know, a stable income that maintains the lifestyle that you and your family live. So buying businesses can actually make that move a lot easier, whereby you become an owner in something that has little risk and wherein you can still pay yourself to maintain your lifestyle. And as we already mentioned, when you're starting a business, your chances of success aren't great. In fact, they're terrible. But typically, when you buy your business, you're going to do a bunch of due diligence and research about that business that has been around for a long time to make sure that it's going to be around for a long time in the future. So before you actually even buy the business, you are assuring in some way, some fashion that that business is viable. And so I think the acquisition space to buy a business is actually more attractive and less risky Than starting from scratch, as I've already mentioned, I actually think acquiring a business where you're calling the shots and you're the owner and you can determine your own financial freedom is actually less risky than being an employee where you have absolutely no control, where you can be laid off the next day because of financial conditions, because of economic conditions, because somebody doesn't like you. You have no control whether someone's going to get promoted. Or you have to play the politics or the social game. And none of this guarantees that you will have a job tomorrow. You know, you are in a rented job. They're renting you for a certain time until you are dispensable. So the acquisition space is actually beats the start from scratch model. But it also is more interesting from switching from an employee to a business owner. And from a wealth standpoint, it makes you a lot more money at the end of the day done correctly. So if you buy a business and you keep its status quo, it's going to stay as is and you're going to reap that cash flow that the previous owner was benefiting in terms of salaries and compensation and dividends or however he chose he or she chose to pay uh, themselves. However, it gets very interesting when you start doing great things with the business um, and you start increasing the profit, then that's when you start making a lot of wealth. So I'll just give you an example. If you were to buy a business that does about a million dollars in sales and $200,000 in profit, you're going to buy that business from, for anywhere between two and a half to four times the $200,000 profit. So that's about you know $500,000 to $700,000, if, I, if I'm doing my, the math correctly, right? And if you keep it as such, when you sell it, it, you're going to sell it for roughly about the same, the same price. However, if you're able to increase that profit from two hundred thousand to three hundred thousand, because you're able to increase sales by one, you know, from one million to about one point five million, well, now you're going to get a higher multiple than you bought it for, at a higher profit. So let's say you're, you know, it's no longer two hundred thousand dollars; it's three hundred thousand dollars. And now you get a four times multiple. Well, you could sell that business four times 300 at $1.2 million. You see how the math can become very, very interesting. And that's where you make leaps and bounds in terms of making actual wealth. And again, if you didn't understand what I just said, don't worry about it because that's about valuations and structuring the business. And we'll have future episodes that will go into better detail in simple form to highlight how you can buy businesses for a low price and sell them for a higher price, and then what you need to do in between to make sure that you actually make the wealth that I was talking about. And lastly, another compelling reason why right now is a great time to buy businesses is because the baby boomer generation, by far the biggest generation in terms of numbers that humanity has ever seen, and actually the biggest uh, generation that owns businesses is retiring and has been retiring for the past 10 years and will continue to retire in the next 10 to 15 years. There's like nine to 10,000 uh, baby boomers retiring every single day. And what that means is that a lot of these businesses, great businesses, legacy businesses, businesses that have been around for 10, 15, 20 years, that have great fundamentals will be put for sale as well as a lot of them will just close their doors because their children and grandchildren aren't interested in, in dad's or grandfather's, you know, HVAC business or retail store or fabrication business. They want to do something different. And so there's really no succession. So we can actually buy these businesses and we teach people how to do just that how to reach these owners and, you know, get a great opportunity to buy a business that would otherwise close. Again, a legacy business that has been around for 15, 20 years that has great fundamentals, that has great cash flow, great revenue. And so that is the reason why right now is actually a golden time to actually get into the buying businesses space. So when you think about businesses that have already been started or that have been around for 5, you know, 10, 15 years, they do have so many things in place. They have a product that is profitable and a market that pays them and customers who hopefully keep coming back and like them and trust them. They have profits where the owners can pay themselves. And of course, they have trust in the marketplace. So I think it could be a very unique way for you to enter the entrepreneurship path. When I think about it, for me and myself, a lot of it just comes down to having a richer life, right, for my family. I want to spend more time with my children, my two daughters. I want to go skiing and traveling in the middle of the week. I want to be able to have lunch whenever I want with my wife um, and play soccer or play golf or whatever I choose to do in being my own boss. I want to be able to support my family in a different way, travel the world whenever I want. And entrepreneurship gives you that and the stability of an existing business gives you even more of that. So whatever your dreams are, whatever your goals are, a lot of it can be accomplished through entrepreneurship. But at the same time, you don't have to take the unnecessary risk of seeing if your project, your venture is going to survive and become a statistic. You can actually buy yourself into entrepreneurship, as my book suggests. But I think it's very applicable to anybody who's looking to become their own boss, to have that financial and professional freedom, and not just like the cliche, become your own boss, be able to actually make your own decisions, call your own shots, bet on yourself, bet on your future, and build a life that's rich to you and your family. So anyways, follow along. It's going to be awesome. I will be trying to do a podcast every week or so. And they're going to be roughly about 10 minutes long, enough information in there where you get a lot of great nuggets, but not too long where you go to sleep, right? Uh, Something that you can actually listen to on your way to work or in a short drive. So I'm excited about the journey and I appreciate you guys accompanying me. Thank you for listening.
0: If you love the How to Buy a Business podcast, then we know you would love the Business Acquisitions Accelerator program. Here we have helped thousands of individuals buy profitable existing businesses without having prior experience, and sometimes without using their own money in as little as 90 days. And we guarantee these results. Head on over to www.arturohenriquez.com forward slash BA.